0: Wow. Well, this Christmas, that's exactly what I want to talk about uh, this morning. I want to ask you this question this morning. Uh, As we get our hearts prepared for the coming uh, Christmas that's just seven days away, and we listen to this phrase, and this Christmas will be a very special Christmas for me, here's the question I want you to consider. What will make this Christmas special for you? What will make this Christmas special? special for you. Perhaps, perhaps uh, it'll involve some kind of relational harmony. Some of you might say, this is what makes Christmas special, Colin. I can get through the holidays without a big argument with my family or friends. Perhaps for some of you, what will make this Christmas special uh, is if Amazon shows up at your doorstep before <laughs> Christmas Day with the gift that you are praying arrives on time. Yeah, I know, I know who you are, right? Yeah. For some of us, uh, it's the fact that we moved to Orlando uh, and because we now live in Orlando, people used to never visit us or never want to go where we are. But all of a sudden, people that aren't even our family are acting like our, they're, our, they're our family so they can come and join us. And you're thinking, man, I just, this Christmas will be special if everybody arrives safely and then everybody leaves when I need them to, right? Or perhaps, perhaps it's that the company that you work with or uh, the community that you're a part of or the business that you're employed by, that they come through with a good Christmas bonus. I want you to think about this. For you, personally. This is not, a, it's not an esoteric question. This is a real in-the-moment question. Seven days from now, or over the course of this week, what is going to make this Christmas special for you? Because can we be honest? There is a pressure, isn't there, that comes with this holiday season to make sure that every Christmas is a special one. To make sure that we have, if I could use this language, a picture-perfect Christmas. And here's how I know that we feel this pressure. I see it most clearly, I think, illustrated in the the journey and the stress that is involved in getting ready to send out family Christmas cards, okay? Uh, Now, I, I know that for some of you, this is a thing that you care about, and for others, it's not so much. For some of you, like Christmas cards, you get them and you're like, oh, that's great that people sent me a picture and a photo of their family. And you're like, that's great that they do that. But in your mind, you're like, we're never going to do that, right? We're, the people that, that we love know that we love them and it's okay. For others of you, you do, you send out a Christmas photo, but you don't send it in the mail, right? You take a picture and you send it digitally, right? Which is basically saying you're not worth the price of a stamp. Like that's what that means, right? And then for others, and then for others, it's Hey, we, got a, we get a picture, it's done by some kind of professional, we run to Walgreens, we print it in mass, we've got the running Christmas list, right, and then we send it out to all of the addresses, and all we send is a photo of our family, and it's just a reminder that the people in our world, hey, we're still alive, we're still intact, everything's okay, right, Merry Christmas. And then there are these, like, amazing people who I would love to just sit down and interview. They're the people that don't just send you a beautiful photo of their family, but they have the time to put together a one- to two-page novella of all of the things that have transpired in their family over the course of the year. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? You get these letters and you think, how did you have the time and the margin to put this together? And I love reading those letters. I mean, I think they're amazing. Especially when I get a letter where people like are honest. You know, hey, this year was a tough year because of X, Y, or Z. I love those letters. But every now and then you get one of these letters where it's like, oh my gosh, this feels like a full page advertisement about how awesome your family is, right? It's like little Sonia was the lead in the nutcracker this year and Timmy is the next president of the United States. Like this is how these letters write. But there's an interesting pressure that comes with getting that Christmas card out on time and to the right people. And if you're at church here at Nona, you've probably received a card from our family that uh, is of our beautiful family uh, celebrating Christmas. And if you haven't got one, don't be offended. Just come find me afterward. We got extras, all right? But what I find so interesting about that photo is like there's the photo, right? But then there's everything you don't see underneath the photo. Every year, Stace and I get our kids ready. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, we had a, a particular uh, photo where we were rushing. I mean, we were way behind on the time that we needed to arrive to meet our photographer. Stacey and I had just gotten into an argument. Pressure was high. Stress was high. It was chaotic in the house. My kids, like, lost their shoes. People's hairs were, were a mess. Like, it was just an absolute dumpster fire. And we are racing to go and meet our photographer at some random, like, you know, uh, forest in the middle of Florida because we're trying to make it feel wintry, even though it's 90 degrees outside. Right? We got a sweater on. It's like, it's okay. Everything's fine. And and as we are on our way to get this photo taken, when we get to the location, I go to take one of my children out of their seats, and I find that they have fully soiled themselves. I mean, full on, you can see it. And we have no clothing to change this individual into, okay? All we've got is a pair of basketball shorts, but we can't use the basketball shorts because that will ruin the aesthetic. And so we've got this family that needs to take a photo, and uh, I'm looking at this situation thinking, what do we do? And our photographer says, don't worry, our amazing photographer, the one, the only, Melissa Hanley, she is amazing. Yes, we know, we love Melissa. She gets us together and she says, don't worry, guys, we can take the photo and I can do some stuff later to make this happen, make it seem like this never happens. And so there's literally a photo of me holding one of my children. And the original photo, you just see nasty all the way down his pants. But the photo that you received, ladies and gentlemen, had none of that. We were all smiling, laughing, ha-ha, right? And the photo was sent out because there's this powerful thing called Photoshop. And Melissa, the magician, was able to utilize Photoshop to erase the mess that was on one of my children's pants. And we were all smiling. And if you've ever wondered, how in the world do you, you get all of your kids to smile at the same time? We don't. But what you can do is take different photos and take the face off of one photo and put it on the other photo. And then all four kids are smiling. And it got me thinking, as I was opening up all of these Christmas cards that you send. Thanks for sending them, by the way. How much is actually true about the faces on that photo and what's underneath it? Because there's a pressure, isn't there, in the midst of the holiday season, there's a pressure in the midst of the Christmas season to, to put on our best face and to make sure we have the picture-perfect Christmas. It needs to be special this year. See, there's what the photo turns out to be. But then there's all the Photoshop that's necessary to make it look that way. And then there's reality. It got me thinking, there's what we want Christmas to look like. Well, then there's what Christmas actually feels like. The truth is that maybe for us, Christmas isn't romantic for us as a couple. It's stressful. Maybe it's that this season, it reminds us of loss because the people we love aren't here this year. It's the fact that we aren't looking forward to going home because we're going to ask, get asked over and over again why we haven't found that special someone or if we found a special someone yet. It's the reality that we're divorced or that we're kids of divorce. And the holidays are complicated because it just opens up the same wound over and over and over again. And because we're sharing custody or because we've got to split time at multiple locations, Christmas is stressful. It's far different than the picture-perfect vision that we think that we're supposed to uphold. Or it's the fact that we know that every single thing that's underneath that Christmas tree, that the kids are going to open up or the grandkids are going to open up and unwrap, The plastic toys that they're going to play with for a season of time and then eventually forget about or lose or break within a week, right, is going to meet us with a credit card bill in January that we are not looking forward to opening. And if that isn't your Christmas experience, it's someone you know, isn't it? So what I want to do today is I want to do my best to rescue us or perhaps even just release us from the pressure of needing to have a picture-perfect Christmas. And at the very least, get our eyes off of this Christmas and what it needs to be. And remind ourselves of that Christmas, the first one. The first one that wasn't a picture-perfect Photoshop story, but one that was gritty and raw and real and hard. To give hope that perhaps what we need this Christmas was fully given to us on that Christmas. That Christmas that was marked by pain. As Mary gives birth to a child. Any mamas out there, would you agree that that, 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 that was not a silent night when, when that baby was being born, right? Chaos. There's no room for them to stay anywhere so they have a baby in a cave or in a barn. Exhaustion. No place for them to rest. You guys feel that way? Fear. It's two teenage kids are trying to figure out... How to navigate what it's like to raise a child that allegedly is the savior of the world. Anybody feel like that's pressure as a parent, you know? It's like, man, I really don't want to mess my kid up. I want to make sure that they can go to college, like have a job. Imagine you're Mary and Joseph. It's like, man, we really can't mess this kid up because he's the savior of the world. Like that's a big deal. And then worry. Having no idea how things are going to work out is there are going to be rumors that there's a king that wants to kill every male child. And you've got to run to a foreign country to try to get away from it. That's the real Christmas. The real Christmas story is not quaint and cute and cuddly. The real Christmas story is real and raw and gritty. It is not Photoshopped. And that's real life, isn't it? Beyond the Photoshop, beyond the pretend, beyond the desire to make this Christmas special is the reality that life is hard and things are complex and things don't always go the way that we want them to. to, and, And we're trying to figure it out, aren't we? I want to give you the big idea for today, because there's hope. It's this. The reality of that Christmas gives us hope for this Christmas. That everything we need to make this Christmas special was provided for us on that Christmas 2,000 years ago. So here's what I want to do today. I want to look at one verse in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. One verse. That will encapsulate for us a lot about what we get to celebrate this season. It's a powerful verse because it's written about 700 years before Jesus even enters into the course of human history. If you have a Bible, it's found in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and it reads this way, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders And he will be called, and I want you to read the rest of these phrases with me. He will be called, let's say it with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. In these four names, these four titles that Isaiah bestows upon Jesus, 700 years before Jesus even enters into human history, we will find for ourselves hope that that Christmas... That happened in a manger 2,000 years ago gives us everything we need in this Christmas, in the next seven days as we head towards this holiday that we celebrate. So, So here's your job over the next couple of minutes. I don't want you to just listen to this message and take some information and walk away with information. Instead, what I want you to do is I want you to really lean in and answer this question What do you need this Christmas? What is it that you are looking for this Christmas? Where do you need God to meet you this Christmas? Because what I think we'll find in this verse is that when we look at what we receive in Jesus, this baby that's been given to us, this Savior that has been given to us, that the thing we need this Christmas was provided for us in full on that Christmas. Four things that we'll see. Here's the first one. We'll find it in the phrase, wonderful counselor. Write this down in your notes. That on that Christmas, we received wisdom in exchange for confusion. Wisdom in exchange for confusion. The text tells us that Jesus is our wonderful counselor. Now, that word counselor means someone that coaches and advises and gives wisdom. And that word wonderful means supernatural, perfect. Meaning the advice that God gives, the advice that Jesus gives Is always good advice. You ever had somebody give you really bad advice? Uh, At the beginning of this year I was sitting down with a friend and uh, this is not a friend whose advice I take often but uh, but he was talking to me about this thing I had to get into. He's like man listen this is game-changing stuff. If you get into this your life is gonna be free. Your family's future is gonna be set. I was like really what is it? He's like it's the investment that's gonna change your life. I was like Okay, man, uh, getting me a little bit nervous here. What's the investment that's going to change my life? He's like, listen to me, cryptocurrency. <laughs> He's like, listen, man, listen, the blockchain, mining, crypto, data, NFTs, it's the future. And if you get in it now, you might be, re- be able to retire a year from now. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. And he was passionate about it, so I began to read up on it. But I went to another advisor or counselor in my life, and I said, hey, I, I got this kind of this insight about this thing called crypto. Uh, have you heard about it? And my advisor was like, yeah, I, I heard about it. I was like, well, what do you think about it? And he's like, well, it doesn't really matter what I think about it. He said, do you understand it? And I was like, no, not at all. I, I don't get it at all. He's like, do you count yourself to be a fairly smart person? Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty smart. Do you you feel like you want to research it? Yeah. Do you feel like if you research it, you'd be able to figure it out? I I think so. Okay. Do you understand it? No. Do you want to understand it? Not really. And he gave me great advice. He said, don't invest in things you don't understand. I'm really thankful that I didn't invest in a thing that I didn't understand. Because you know the company that my buddy said I should really utilize as a platform? FTX. Now listen, I'm thankful that I took the good advice of a wise seasoned counselor over the eh advice of a friend. What we have with God is a perfect, supernatural, wise counselor who, look here, wants to give you wisdom whenever you ask for it. James chapter 1, verse 5 is perhaps one of the greatest promises in Scripture. Often when people ask me, hey, how can I pray for you? This is the thing that I ask them to pray for me. James 1, 5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Isn't that a powerful promise? I think it's one of the most powerful promises in all of Scripture. What James is saying is, listen, if there's something you're confused by, if there's something you're unsure of, if there's a decision that you need to make, if you simply stop and ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you every single time, and he will give it generously because God's bank account of wisdom knows no end. Like, I might not have a real black card in life, You may not have a real black card in life, but we all have a black card when it comes to the wisdom of God. We can swipe that thing at any time, and it's always going to come through. Wisdom will never be declined if you ask God for it because He loves to give you wisdom. He gives it to you through His Word, He gives it to you through community, He gives it to you through the presence of His Spirit when you pray. A couple of weeks ago, my daughter was a little bit stressed out about some stuff at school. And her her grandfather happened to be by the house, and she was kind of reflecting on some stuff. And her grandfather had this great line. He's he's a very busy man with a ton of responsibility, a high-capacity job with a lot of people depending on him. And in the most, like, humble way that he, he communicates, he looked at my family. We were all at the dinner table together, and he said, you know, as I reflect back on my life, I have found that in the midst of a really stressful situation where I don't know what to do, if it's a big thing or if it's a little thing, if I stop, if I ask God for wisdom and then listen to what he tells me to do next, it usually works out better than I would have expected it to. A simple line, but nothing could be more true. So maybe you're in a season right now this Christmas where you're stressed about what to do with the kids. You don't know how to get marriage to work the way that you want it to work. You don't know how to get your finances under uh, control. There's big questions that you're trying to answer in life. I want you to know that this Christmas, you can have hope because on that Christmas, God gave you a wonderful counselor whose name is Jesus. And you can call on him at any time because God loves to give you wisdom. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Andrew, you can go ahead and and make your way upstage here. The next thing that we see here in the text is that not only does God give us wisdom in exchange for confusion, but God gives us help in exchange for overwhelm. Give me a quick head nod if you say, yeah, I feel overwhelmed right now. Anybody feel a little bit overwhelmed? Uh, The word overwhelm means to be buried or weighed down by an immovable burden or in the middle of a battle, to be so overrun that you have no ability to win. Can we agree that life feels that way sometimes? Can we agree, moms, that Christmas feels really stressful and somewhat overwhelming? I heard this quote recently that Christmas is the most stressful time of the year for moms. Moms, I'm sorry about that. I know you're trying to find the perfect gift for everybody in the family. And if you're married, all your husband has to do is, like, go to the jewelry store to get you some jewelry that you don't want anyway. But you have to say, oh, thank you on Christmas Day, right? It's like Christmas, the day when moms put in a lot of effort and hard work and dads show up with a piece of 50% off jewelry because they watch the commercial during the football game uh, over Thanksgiving, right? That's what Christmas is. It's overwhelming. Uh, Andrew, could you go and bring me those balloons? Could you guys put your hands together for Andrew Axon, by the way, everybody? Thank you, dude. So, Andrew, um, there's a game that we play at my house, maybe you guys have played it before, called Keepy Uppy. Is anybody familiar with the game Keepy Uppy? Uh, it's a game that, like, I have realized as a parent, my kids don't need nice and expensive and beautiful things to be happy. Uh, they just need a balloon or a ball and creativity, and it's just as much fun. So the game, keep you up, it you works this way, Andrew, go and throw me a ball, right? You just have to make sure that you tap the, tap the balloon, and you've got to make sure that you keep it up in the air, right? That's the job. So now I want you just to keep on keep that one balloon up in the air, okay, Andrew? And now I want to explain to us what overwhelm looks like, all right? Christmas can be overwhelming because there's decorations to be put up. Andrew, can you go ahead and keep that decoration balloon up? Yeah, there's decorations. And then after decorations, right, we've got all this other stuff like office events. Everybody has the customary Christmas party that you got to go to, right, for the office, right? And then there's shopping. There's another balloon, Andrew, don't miss that one. There's Christmas shopping right there. There's Christmas wrapping, you got to do that as well. Yeah, Christmas wrapping, good. Then there's cleaning, right, because the family's coming over, right, there's cleaning that you got to do. Then there's cooking, right, got to make sure that the Christmas recipe is good. Then there's traveling, good job, Andrew. I'll give you more time, there's traveling as well, right, there's all the traveling that has to be done. As well, right? And then, of course, there's in-laws, right? There's that. There's that as well. Round of applause for Andrew, everybody. Man, Christmas can feel like that sometimes, can't it? Christmas can feel overwhelming. But there's hope. Because on that Christmas, we were given a mighty God. God. The word here for mighty is a word that's used for a warrior who is valiant in battle. When life feels overwhelming and it feels like things are out of control, when you feel like life is a battle and there's just too much to keep up, there's not enough energy or time, how am I supposed to do all of these things? know that you have a mighty God because of that Christmas that you can rely on this Christmas. In fact, David, who was a warrior, writes this great line in Psalm 121. When, and we need to see it through the lens of a battle. Because what he's talking about is being in a valley. And the worst place you can be when you're in the midst of a war is in a valley. Because it means that your enemy has higher ground. And David writes this psalm with that in mind. The warrior says, when I'm in the valley, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. And where does my, what's that word say? Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Christmas is a reminder that help is always on the way. You don't have to carry the stress and overwhelm of life alone. There is a Savior that has been given to you who can help, and his name is Mighty God. David says, I look up to the mountains because that's where my help comes comes from. The idea being here that God himself left the mountain of his glory, the mountain of perfection and he put on skin and flesh on that christmas as a baby born in vulnerability in a manger as a forever reminder to that us that no matter how busy and crazy and overwhelming and stressful life might become no matter how much things we have to carry or how overwhelming it feels there is a god who loves you and he is here to help how many are thankful that that is true about our god today let's give him honor and praise for that it's true and it's real that Christmas gives me hope for this Christmas. That in the midst of all of the overwhelm, I have a God and a Savior who can help. Here's the third reality: is that belonging comes in exchange for loneliness. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. One of the things that I know is that can come with the holidays, is that they can be really tough for those that feel loneliness. Now, this isn't everybody who's single, but for those of you who are single and want to be in a relationship, this can be a really hard time because every single commercial, every single love song, right? Gosh, every single movie on Netflix is about like Lindsay Lohan and some random guy in a barn who she falls in love with and it's a Christmas hallmark miracle, right? And you're just surrounded by stories of love or some fake version of it. And that sense of loneliness can be exacerbated in this season. Or perhaps a loved one that you care about has passed away. And they were the patriarch or matriarch of the family. And yeah, the to be going to gather this year, but it's, it's different without grandma. I mean, how many of us have lost loved ones in the last couple of years in the holidays? They just feel empty or different or sad. Or you just feel emotionally distant could be in a room filled with people, a house filled with family, and still feel alone. Or be in a marriage where, gosh, you fight behind closed doors, and it's World War III when the kids go to bed, but you've got to put a smile on and be picture-perfect for them because you don't want to ruin the holiday. There's an interesting stat that just came out that uh, in 2022, 55% of Americans felt loneliness three-quarters of those that fall in the category of Gen Z and 65% of those who are single indicate that they feel a deep sense of loneliness and isolation. And in the holiday seasons, a recent statistic came out that showed that one-third, 36% of those that feel lonely are too ashamed and embarrassed to admit it because we live in a culture that doesn't like to talk about this and we live in a media and a Christmas advertised world where loneliness is the opposite of what you should feel because Christmas is merry and joyous. But tell that to people that feel lonely and isolated. And there's a reason why some of the most tragic stories we hear about people happen in this season of the year. But if you find yourself in a season of loneliness right now, know that there's good news for you this Christmas because of that Christmas. Because on that Christmas... We were given an everlasting father, a forever father who invites us into a forever family that says it doesn't matter how good you are, how put together you are, how nice you look, or how happy you are, or your ability to feel a certain way for the occasion, God loves you as you are because he loves you. And Christmas is this forever reminder that that God himself would be willing to come meet us in our humanity, in our brokenness, in our need, and say, I will receive you as you are because I love you. Not because of your potential, not because of what you're going to become one day, but because of who I am and my character. I am love, and you belong in my family. And perhaps that's what you need to hear this Christmas. Is on that Christmas you received a Savior who invites you into a lifelong relationship with Him. And loneliness is a feeling that is okay to feel. But know that you have a God who walks with you as you experience it. Because He's for you and He's with you. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. And lastly, a Prince of Peace. This Christmas, we can have peace in exchange for anxiousness. Can we agree that we live in a world filled by anxiousness? I mean, we're asking questions. What does the future hold? What's around the corner? What's 2023 going to be like? What are the proje- projections for the business? Uh, am I going to have a job? Will I get the promotion? Are my kids going to be able to, to launch well? Are they going to get into the college that they apply to as we enter into the spring? And I have good news for you. That whatever anxiousness you feel this Christmas, on that Christmas, you were given a prince of peace. You see, anxiety at its core is this. It's living your present life in a fear of the future that may not come to pass. Anxiety is living your present in fear of a future that may not come to pass. And the opposite of anxiousness, hear me, is peace. See, anxiety is this internal rush in our bodies to have to try to control an outcome that may or may not happen. But peace is an internal rest in our bodies to know that regardless of what happens in the future, I can trust that the one who's given me strength for today will give me strength for tomorrow. Luke chapter 2 verse 14 describes to us what happens on that day that we experienced Jesus at the first Christmas. The angels pronounce glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, say that word with me, peace. One more time, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Christ reminds us that there is a God who has a plan for what has come to pass. Christmas reminds us of that, that there is a God with a plan for what is to come to pass. He is working out the future for your good. So that you can rest in the present moment. You don't have to worry about what's coming next because you have a God who's already working in what's next. Last night um, we read um, our Advent reading together as a family. And I love Stacy. She is an amazing mom uh, because she is able to find ways to get our kids to do things that they otherwise would not want to do. uh, But get them to do it through the power of sugar. Like It is amazing to watch. And so last night, she pulled out Rocky Road, and she pulled out, that's a great time for the pianos to come in, Rocky Road, right? (laughs) Rocky Road and strawberry ice cream. And she said, kids, get a bowl. Let's get some ice cream. And our kids were chowing down on Rocky Road or strawberry while she read the Advent story. And our reading last night, the key text was Micah chapter 5, verse 2. In which a thousand years before Jesus would be born, the prophet Micah refers to Bethlehem as the birthplace. Oh, Bethlehem Ephrathah. And as we read this story, I was able to look at my kids, and they were asking some questions at the end, and I asked them this question. I said, Guys, isn't it cool that a thousand years before Jesus would even be born, there's a prophet by the name of Micah who's prophesying what town he would Then I asked my kids a series of questions. I said, hey, were Mary and Joseph born in Bethlehem? No. Where are they from? They're somewhere like in Galilee, right? Yeah. So it means that Mary and Joseph had to have a reason to leave Galilee to go to Bethlehem so that the baby could be born. And imagine this. Imagine all of the reasons why Mary could have told Joseph, Joseph, I'm not going, right? I'm pregnant. But why did Joseph go to Bethlehem? Was it because he knew about Micah chapter 5, verse 2? No. It's because Micah chapter 5 verse 2 written a thousand years earlier without a vision or knowledge of this thing called the Roman Empire the Roman Empire would show up on the scene of history and a mark of the Caesars of the Roman Empire the kings and the rulers of those empires is that they loved to count how many people belonged in their empire so when emperor who wants to know how big of a kingdom he has, sets out a decree saying that everybody must return to their hometown to register for a census because he wants to know how big his kingdom is. And so here's Joseph, a teenage boy who's just found out that his to-be-married wife, Mary, is pregnant with a child that he did not give her. And he's got to decide to go to Bethlehem And imagine the conversation with Mary. Hey, Mary, i got to go to Bethlehem. Do you want to come with me? I know you're full term, but why don't you hop on this pack mule and let's go together to Bethlehem. Anybody like, you're making that run on yourself, honey. Like, you're not, I'm not going, right? But Mary hops on. And they take the journey into Bethlehem. And it just so happens that while they're registering for this census, that Mary's water would break. That a baby would be born. And a prophecy a thousand years old would come to fruition. And I looked at my kids and I said, isn't it crazy that God can bend time, governments, people to his will whenever he wants to? Because the emperor thought he was just declaring a census. Joseph just thought he was Following the law. Mary just figured she'd go along for the ride, but God was moving history and all of the trajectory of eternity. So that, as Galatians would tell us, that at the right time the Savior would be born. Yeah, we can celebrate that. That's a powerful and mighty God. The God you have this Christmas is the God who orchestrated history 2,000 years ago on that Christmas. And there's not a part of your life, not a part of your story, and not a part of your future that God is not already working in for his glory and for your good, which is why we can have peace in the midst son has been given to you he is a wonderful counselor he is mighty god he is everlasting father he is prince of peace and we can have hope that this christmas will be special this christmas will be special because that christmas happened with that in mind would you stand with me as we close out our time together i want to invite you to lean into this question What does your heart need most this Christmas? I'm going to invite you to close your eyes here. And when I say the thing that your heart is longing for, would you open your hand? What does your heart need most this Christmas? For some of you, what you need most right now is wisdom. Life is confusing, it's hard, and it's difficult. Christmas is a reminder that you have a savior who's a wonderful counselor. If what you need this Christmas is wisdom, would you open your hands? For others of you, this Christmas has been overwhelming and stressful and exhausting. What you need to be reminded of is that on that Christmas, you were given a mighty God that you can lean on this Christmas find yourself in a season of overwhelm, would you open your hand now and receive the gift of a Savior who's called Mighty God? For others of us, if we're honest, we find ourselves in that 36%. We are lonely. This is hard. It's been mentally and emotionally exhausting. And God's invitation to you today is to know that on that Christmas, you were invited into a forever family with an everlasting father. Who would move heaven and earth to be in relationship with you. So, if this morning what you need for this Christmas is the reminder that you are not alone, would you open your hand and know that you have a Savior that welcomes you? And for some of us, the mark of this Christmas has been anxiety, anxiousness, and worry. We're worried about the next couple of days. We're worried about the coming year. We're worried about what's coming around the corner about our finances, worried about our family, worried about relationships, and the invitation and reminder is that on that Christmas, we were given a Prince of Peace, a God who can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants, a God who's working in the future you're worried about to make it for your good and for His glory. Perhaps what you need today is to receive the gift of a Prince of Peace in place of your anxiousness, if that's you, would you open your hands let me pray for you, Father. Thank you that you can be trusted. Thank you that this Christmas we can have hope because of what happened on that Christmas. That we don't have to strive to make this version of Christmas picture perfect because you are perfection given to us two thousand years ago in that manger. But God, you are our wonderful Counselor. You are our Mighty God. You are our Everlasting Father. You are our Prince of Peace. God, we can trust you to give us exactly what we need when we need it, because you've always been a good provider. And we trust you for those things today. In Jesus' name, everybody in this place says, amen.